Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women Podcast, we're launching a five-part series that we're calling Keeping It Local, Leaning Into Discipleship in Your Local Context. In this series, I actually get to interview women in my own local church here in Hanover, New Hampshire. I'm going to try and cover all the questions that we share about discipleship. And today, I'm laying the foundation for these upcoming interviews with two of my friends, Kimberly Wooten and Patoya Hall, who I've had the blessing of watching make disciples for over a decade. For those who don't know Kimberly, she pretty much mans the Journey Women ship. Her technical title is Communication and Development Director of the Journey Women podcast. And we brought on a friend of ours from our Pine Cove Camp Counselor Days, Patoya Hall, who currently works for Baylor University in Waco, Texas. The three of us discuss the importance of seeking out face-to-face discipleship relationships over prioritizing learning online. And let me just say, this entire conversation was a great reminder of the purpose of life-on-life discipleship and how the Lord uses that to make us all look more like Jesus. We can't wait to share this with you guys, but you know before we go there that we want to tell you about the sponsors who helped make today's episode possible, HelloFresh and the Dwell app. Have you started using Dwell, the new audio Bible app recommended by tons of Bible teachers, including Matt Chandler, Ann Voskamp, and Jenny Allen? Dwell's mission is to transform the way that you experience scripture. For busy moms, college students, those of you commuting to and from work every day, whatever your season of life, Dwell helps us to have the words of God read over us throughout the day. This gorgeous audio Bible comes with four unique narrators, peaceful background music, and loads of features to help you dive into the word. Dwell has been called the Spotify of Scripture because of how easy it is to explore the Bible. Browse popular passages or curated playlists that include select verses by theme. They offer listening plans to help you cultivate a habit of seeking God in Scripture every day, or take the traditional approach, pick your favorite book, and dive in. Dwell is unique in that you can switch voices and background music on the fly without losing your place in the audio. Plus, every book, story, playlist, and plan is accompanied by beautiful artwork. This week, Dwell is generously giving our listeners 33% off an annual subscription to the app. Visit dwellapp.io slash journeywomen to get your discount and start using your ears to renew your mind. That's dwellapp.io slash journeywomen for 33% off an annual subscription. Now, on to my conversation with Kimberly Wooten and Patoya Hall on the topic of discipleship. Patoya, Kimberly, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. Yay! It's so fun. It really is. We just have to make sure we don't get too comfortable in here. (laughs) (laughs) We could talk for a couple hours. (laughs) It's true. Well, I love you both. You guys are two of my dearest friends, and I couldn't think of two people that I would rather hear talk about discipleship today, which is our upcoming series that's obviously launching today. I've gotten to see you guys in a myriad of life seasons now, having gone from college graduates to your now single uh, working professional, Patoya. You've worked on staff at multiple churches. You've done Mm -hmm. lots of different discipleship programs and trainings actually over the years. And I've gotten to see that and gotten to see you move from city to city. And Kimberly, you have faced a lot of transition in the last decade, including becoming a military spouse and 
having a child. Um, and I've seen you make disciples in all these different seasons. And I'm really encouraged by that. I love y'all's passion for that. And I love also just that you've had some real opportunities to get to try and come alongside churches and things like that and help them develop their programming and different things to make disciples in the context of the local church. And that's been something that's been on my heart since we started the Journey Women podcast. We never want to do anything that detracts from the local church. In fact, we see ourselves here at Journey Women trying to strengthen the hand of the local church. And so this series is really an attempt to do that. Um, in this conversation, I'd love to just kind of nestle discipleship in the context of the local church, because I think what I see in our generation is we have all of this opportunity for exploration and things like that online. And it's wonderful. That's how Journey Women came to be. But I think a lot of times we can prioritize learning online because of the convenience of it over learning in the context of face-to-face relationships. So before we dive into this whole conversation, I kind of just want to define terms because I think it's helpful. In Christian circles, we often throw around the term discipleship or mentoring. What do we mean by that? Yeah, that's a great question, Hunter. Immediately when you ask what is discipleship, I think of Matthew 28, where Jesus commands and literally says, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. And that's what I think of discipleship as, is teaching in the day-to-day to obey Jesus as we go and live our lives. I love it. Kimbo, do you have anything to add? Yeah, again, totally thinking Matthew 28, 19, and 20, uh, the Great Commission, and and literally what disciple means there is a follower of Christ who learns the doctrines of Scripture and the lifestyle they require. And just the thought that being a disciple is not just being someone who takes in head knowledge, but that they've translated that into walking that out in their life, that they know who Christ is and then they live their life as a result of that. That is so good. Of course, at Journey Women, we're just so passionate about tethering everything to scripture. So where do we see the command to make disciples and to be discipled in scripture? I'm sorry, I'm going to just jump right in here. <laughs> do it. Do it, dude. <laughs> You see it in, I mean, obviously in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, when Jesus leaves that command to his disciples, then you're going, well, disciples, what are those? That literally Jesus's ministry on earth was him walking and teaching and calling people to himself, calling people to follow him and not just learn what he had to say, but to then emulate it themselves. He called them in Matthew 4, 19 and 20, and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Their lives picked up and followed after after Christ to see what he was doing because I mean obviously there was something magnetic about who Christ was he was the Messiah and they had heard about him and they knew who he was but he also had something about him that was worth following and then they followed him all through his years of public ministry up to the cross and then beyond that and so um, I think you see it there I mean you see it all throughout the gospels right Matthew Mark Luke and John the gospels And then you see it also, Paul commands it multiple times in the ways that he lived his life, even having Titus or Timothy who followed after him and who he would leave. And he had trained them. He had said, come in with me and like kind of took him in as like a bird under his wing and then would give them commands like in 2 Timothy 2, 2, like entrust what you've heard and seen from me and trust um, to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Or um, in Titus 2, just the talking about older women and training younger women. Mm-hmm. Patoya, do you have any thoughts on all of that? 
I'm like, oh, I think we have the same notes and the same same scriptures that we go to. I, I thought the same thing. You see it all throughout the all throughout the Gospels, and I specifically thought of that Second Timothy verse. And I think what I love about that verse is it uses the language of entrusting to faithful men, um, because to entrust something to someone, you have to know it and own it and have it for yourself first, and then to share it and give it to someone and even be able to have the wisdom to discern what it even means to be faithful, to discern who are we even entrusting these things to. And so having the wisdom to identify a true disciple, identify who wants to come and follow Jesus, who wants to seek a life of Christ and allow him to be the Lord that leads them. I love it. So we're teaching them and training them, like you said, Patoya, but what are we teaching them? Like, what are we trying to entrust to them? I think in threefold, hopefully we're teaching them who Christ is, how he impacts their life, and then how to share that same thing with someone else. If you veer from any of those, you get lost. If if Christ is not your Lord, if we're not teaching you Jesus, then you're making disciples of yourself. And I don't want anyone following (laughs) following me. Hopefully they're (laughs) they're following Jesus because they are going to end up somewhere that we don't want them. And so hopefully we're teaching them who who is God and who is the Lord of my life and, and how he really changes us and how that impacts our own lives. Scripture literally says to die to yourself. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And practically, I just think of that as I can either allow Jesus to shape my life and influence my life, or I can hold on to my own desires and the things that I want. So hopefully we're teaching them to allow Christ to shape and inform their life. And then to not keep that to themselves, to go and share this beautiful life of Christ that hopefully they've they've learned from us as we've followed Christ ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. Kimberly, I know you have at least one woman who you're meeting with regularly right now. What is it when you spend time with her, you are hoping she will walk away with from your time together? Honestly, I mean, I think it just goes back to the greatest commandment that she would love the Lord our God with all her heart, with all her soul, with all her strength, and that she would then love her neighbor as herself. You know, I think ultimately everything can go back to that. Even what Patoya said, it those those are the two things really, like that they would know and love God and that they would then like follow after him and then teach others like that they would love other people because there's this love for that person and you ultimately want their best, but their best would be to love God. Amen. The best thing that we can all have and hold and cling to is who God is. And so if you're ever like, what do I teach them? What do I teach them? (laughs) It's like, what does it look like to love God? Like, how do we love him? And how do we then love other people? How do we follow him in this life, in this world, in whatever circumstances you're in? How can you ultimately love God with all of your being? And then from the overflow of that, love people. Girl, you better disciple me here in the closet. (laughs) Amen. This is my ploy to be discipled by you. (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) It's wise, Hunter. Thank you very much. I know we've both been discipled by Kimberly Wooten. (laughs) Truth. I am so grateful for the way that you guys live that out. It encourages me to look to him, uh, to look to the Lord in faith. And 
you guys have impacted my relationship with the Lord. And I'm not just blowing smoke to say a Mm -hmm. military term. I'm not just puffing you up, but truly you guys have impacted me and I'm so grateful. So tell me, how has discipleship impacted your relationships with the Lord? Patoya, tell us about you and then we'll move on to Kimberly. Oh my gosh. I would not be where I am today. I am so grateful for the women who are older than me, the women who are my same age and women and men, honestly, truly, I've been led by a lot of great men as well. And the women that are younger than me, I feel like I've just been able to learn so much from great people around me, but specifically a major thing in my life is fear. I fear what people think. I fear that I'm going to be hurt. I fear being abandoned. I have all of these fears. That's just the major theme in my life. One of our sweet mentors in Austin was so gracious. I have a really terrible habit of, I don't know if you'd call that a habit, but a tendency to push people away when they get closer. And she really challenged me to choose people over my fears and feelings and not to allow my fears and feelings to inform my relationships. And once she told me, you know, like you, you are choosing isolation and choosing to push yourself away from people. She's like, God allows you the freedom to be in relationship with these people. And so it truly allowed me to be able to live in community, I think, in a very real way, to be able to practice spiritual disciplines such as confession. Kimberly can probably speak more to this, but there, there was probably a point in my life where I truly seemed to become a very different person where I was boldly speaking the truth of God to people, but then also just became so open to hearing the truth of God spoken to my own sins. And I really just attest a lot of that to our sweet friend, Deanna, challenging me so much to seek to choose these people over the things that are going on inside of you. How about you, Kimbo? Hugely. I mean, I don't even know how to give it the word that it needs. I mean, my relationship with the Lord is what it is today because of discipleship. People following Christ and inviting me into their lives and me getting to see that is why I do like 95% of what I do. And the rest is like my nature and all of my nature's mixed into all that 95% too, because it's been molded and shaped by mm-hmm. these people. Even, Patoya, as you were talking about that, one of the things that was even just brought to my mind, I mean, having been friends with both of you for a decade or more, I've been able to see both of you be discipled and see y'all change. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. in community, yeah, you see how much people grow and the things that are being spoken into their life and the just the radical transformative power of Christ and how cool that is because we've been in positions where people have spoken into our lives, invited us in, modeled Christ and what it looks like to walk with him in front of us. And we've followed along. And obviously I've seen you both fail. Mm -hmm. And I've also seen God redeem some crazy parts of your lives. And I wouldn't have been able to see that if there weren't people speaking into our lives, you know what I mean? Like both of us or even each other. And Yeah. I mean, I know how to study the scriptures because of being discipled. I wouldn't know how to like follow Christ practically without having seen Mm -hmm. it in front of me by other people. It's like a practical theology, just getting to watch people live out what they know to be true of who God is, like seeing who God is and how that changes the way they view themselves and 
how they live in light of who he says they are because of what his son has done. It really has changed me too. I think seeing women love the word and not just study the word because it's what you do when you're a Christian, but live by the word and for that to be their very life, for them to cling to the word, that has been transformative for me because it's been a real potent example of what I need to look to for life and sustenance. And in the word, we find obviously the richness of the gospel and it's like so necessary for life and godliness. So I have been so changed and it's been very interesting how the Lord uses the church to help encourage us to that end. Like you said, Patoya, it's not just the older women and it's not just peers next to me, but it's also the young women coming in with questions and a hunger and excitement about learning. They all, all of them, the Lord uses all of them to encourage me. So why is it important to be discipled in a local church? I think God is very intentional over the people that are in your local body. First of all, I think I don't think that that is ever by accident. We see clearly in scripture, the commands and the things that are for the church. It's really hard to be the church by yourself. I specifically think it's just so important because I think God is mindful of the things that we need, the things that we are blind to. And a lot of times I wouldn't always choose the right people to see those things in me. A lot of times I want to surround myself with people who just kind of make me feel good and mm-hmm. want to tell me the things that I want to talk about and the things that I want to hear. But it's really been sweet to see the beauty and the diversity of God's church and the things that I would never even think to see in myself um, through the eyes and through the lens of other people. And it's really beautiful to see just the expressions of God in the local church. Yeah, I think it's important that discipleship happen within a local church context in the sense that if someone is not under the authority of a church, like where they, where's their authority? Yeah. And like, where are they leading you to their theology? Like who is teaching and training them? I mean, there's just so many questions that you would start to have because, and even that's one of the fears too, Hunter, if we're just getting stuff from online, it's like, you don't know those people. You're not actually watching their life. Like who are they following? Like, who are they actually following in real life and who is teaching and training them? And if we're to follow Christ, like he set up the local church, right? Like, I mean, he came to establish that in order that that would be the vehicle through which the world would come to know him. Mm. What better place to learn more about him (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. and learn what it means to follow him. The other thing that local discipleship over virtual discipleship, because I mean, I've discipled people who weren't, didn't necessarily go to my local church, right? Or I was being discipled by people who weren't at my local church and that sort of thing. But I think the other thing that's really important is proximity. Like in First Thessalonians, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. Mm-hmm. The idea that discipleship is is like life on life. It is person on person. And you're not doing that when it's virtual. The proximity of someone being able to see, oh, this is how you're speaking to your child. You're having a hard day. You are showing up to this like with a solemn face, like what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking at you and I'm watching you live your life and I can be in it with you. 
it's not a relationship necessarily when you're online. I mean, obviously you can interact and engage through comments and direct messages and things like that, but that's so minimal when you think about the amount of time that, like you said, you're serving alongside another woman in the nursery at church or you're driving together to Bible study or you're simply just sitting in, you know, a group talking through prayer requests and then praying together, all of those things. So I love that you brought that out, Kimberly. And then quite honestly, I mean, you mentioned this, but people just don't have the opportunity to see your back foot and to lovingly address sin. Like (laughs) you can do it, but it's still like, I mean, all you got to do is hit unfollow, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love what you brought out, Patoya, just that sometimes the Lord in his kindness sees fit to put us together with people who will really rub up against us in a way that really sharpens us. Uh, And that's not a bad thing, even though it is uncomfortable a lot of times. What dangers do we face when we aren't engaged in discipleship relationships with people in our own proximity? Have you guys seen that? Like, do you guys feel like this is really an issue for our generation, just generally speaking? The thing that comes to my mind is just the danger of going back to my old self. It's very easy to be led by my sins, honestly, and without discipleship and without someone guiding me through, how do I do this phase of life in a way that honors the Lord? I recently bought a house. Is this proper stewardship of the finances that I have? Is anyone else seeing the decisions that I'm making? Are they, am I informing the body of believers, what I'm doing, or am I making a lot of decisions in isolation and living a life alone? I think the enemy really delights in seeing believers isolate themselves. And it really doesn't serve serve us well at all. I think of the book of Hebrews. It's just written to these Jewish Christians who are honestly doubting. Is this worth it? Is this the true salvation or should we go back to our old way of life? Hmm. And I think that's a major danger that we face by not being engaged in discipleship, by not allowing someone to really lead us and walk us through. And like we talked about earlier, live day-to-day life and seeing into our day-to-day and allowing people to inform those things. We just make life a little bit harder It's already hard on its own, but what a gift of the Lord to give us other believers who can walk arm in arm and shoulder to shoulder with us in making these decisions. I sometimes forget that like when I was buying a house, I was like, I've never done this before. Well, most people that buy a first house or all people who've bought their first home, it's their first time and they've never done it before. (laughs) And you Uh need someone to walk you through that. And so we underestimate the gift of discipleship in Christian life. And yet we're always researching when it comes to buying a new car and buying a house or whatever the next new product is. We want someone to give us their thoughts and their opinions and be a part of those decisions. And yet we downplay that when it comes to following Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. Kimberly, I feel like you do such a good job of this because I've seen you move. You're constantly looking to people in your proximity for answers that you could easily research online and things like that. And yes, there's a benefit to doing that. But tell me, like, what dangers are you aware of in your own life if you're just kind of like doing things independently, which is, P.S., such a huge temptation Mm -hmm. when you Mm -hmm. lead a really transient lifestyle like you're currently living in the military? 
Man, yeah, um, it can be a huge temptation to isolate myself when moving to a new place or in seasons of change, like a deployment or welcoming a child into the family. And I'm constantly having to reevaluate who is able to see into the different areas of my life and who then has the freedom to speak into my life. And we were created for community and the opposite of community is isolation. So finding friends or mentors who are willing to walk through life um, can just honestly be really, really difficult. And that's why it's important to find a local church. And we have resources for how to go about that from our church series. And it's in living in community with other people that you begin to get a taste of what it talks about in first John, where it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. So it's in fellowship with other people that we bump up against one another and we get exposed. Like our sins get exposed, our idols get exposed and those things happen in the light. So stepping into community with other people and stepping into the light is where we can experience the freedom and honestly the life that Christ has offered us. I hope you love my friends Patoya and Kimberly as much as I do. And I want to tell you about the other sponsor that helped make this conversation with them possible. HelloFresh. Are you ready to have mouth-watering seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit? HelloFresh makes cooking at home fun, easy, and affordable. They make it easy to break out of your dinner rut with more than 22 delicious seasonal chef-curated recipes each week. And did you know that HelloFresh can help you eat more sustainably? Their pre-portioned ingredients mean there's less prep for you and less food waste. HelloFresh is flexible to fit your lifestyle, enabling you to add extra meals or lunches to your weekly order or throw in yummy sides and desserts like garlic bread and cookie dough. This week, my family had beef bulgogi bowls with carrots, pickled cucumber, and sriracha crema over jasmine rice, and it was a hit with both my husband and my kids. We love having food that the kids enjoy and that they can easily help me prepare. For 10 free meals, including shipping, go to HelloFresh.com slash JourneyWomen10 and use the code JourneyWomen10. That's HelloFresh.com slash JourneyWomen10 and use the code JourneyWomen10 for 10 free meals. Now, back to my conversation with Patoya and Kimberly on the topic of mentoring and discipleship. You know, even as you said that, I'm like thinking about my own discipleship relationships and we can make it sound easy and nice to like step into the light (laughs) and all of these things. But the reality is for me, at least that's looked very clunky. Mm. Mm -hmm. What does that look like for you guys? Practically, obviously you prioritize it. You see the value in it. You have experienced the benefits of it, but when it's fleshing itself out on a day-to-day basis, Mm. what has your experience with discipleship in the local church actually been like? I have a sweet friend here who, if we're really talking about practicality, she has seven little, little kids. And honestly, discipleship from her just really looks like me jumping into her life and her asking me questions in front of her kids Mm -hmm. and me being, of course, appropriate in front of her kids, but also really honest about, man, I really wasn't kind at work today while we're washing dishes. And while I'm like changing a diaper on the floor for her, 
we can make a lot of excuses, which I'll own. I have made a lot of excuses of, man, I worked all day and I just don't have time. Or she has seven kids. And so she doesn't have time for me. It's what you said, Hunter. If it's a priority, then you make it work. You do real life with each other and it's messy and it's crazy and not orderly and cute coffee shop ish, which there's a time and a place for, for sure. But it's so worth it because I always leave desiring to know Jesus more. And that sounds so cliche, but it's so real. Every time I hear her speak to her children in a specific way, every time her kids see her encouraging me, um, one of my favorite things was her her oldest son, who's eight, he prayed that Miss Petoya would obey Jesus today. And I'm like, what a sweet thing also super humbling (laughs) right I'm like okay can you pray that for me every day because wow but he knows that because he's seen her ask me questions he's also seen her challenge me and encourage me and it is a wild show but it's so great I would not I would not change it for the world I love that so much Kimberly It'll just be interesting to hear what your response is because, again, we face the challenge of moving so frequently. So it's hard to get to know someone to that degree when you're moving around so much. What's it been like for you? Sometimes the clunky hard part currently or recently is whose house do I go to? (laughs) Like, Where do I go? What you mean by that is you like yearn for someone to submit yourself to in the context of a discipleship relationship but you are having a hard time finding someone. Totally. And like, how do I do that in this season? And I think as a mom of a young kid who I stay home with him, you have availability and yet no availability. It's like that weird, (laughs) like in between of what do you have today? Are you available? And it's like, well, technically I'm, I'm available for like all but two hours, you know, (laughs) like, right, right. It's hard to find people. If I'm thinking past like my current situation and to the past there have been times where I've discipled people who totally abandoned the faith and that's terribly sad mm-hmm. and hard to walk through and you're like why am I doing this mm-hmm. what did I do wrong or people that I've who were teaching me who made really bad life decisions and they they stopped following Christ for seasons And you're like, man, like this is clunky. This is hard. And then, I mean, honestly, I was like thinking about this and I was making a list of all these like really difficult things. And then I just was like, you know what? That's what happened to Christ though, right? I mean, Mm. he had 12 disciples and Thomas was over here doubting him and, and Peter's like saying all these crazy things. I mean, like, wait, who are you? Like, I don't know, you know? And then, and then you have Judas to straight up betrayed him and you're like okay like christ is the christ and and he that's what happened to his disciples so i'm pretty sure that's probably gonna happen to me you know like i'm I'm definitely not anywhere near that level of teacher so i find a lot of hope in that we're not asking people to follow us we're asking them to follow christ so ultimately like pointing them to him and when my disciple maker fails me I'm not following them ultimately I'm following Christ and so even in our failures like we can point to Christ because ultimately that points to the gospel that we we can't mm-hmm. do it on our own we can't make it on our own like we need a savior we need someone who can take our place for us because we couldn't do it 
Amen and amen. I want to touch on this because I know so many women have written into us and talked to us about how it has been really challenging for them to find someone that they can learn from in their local kind of environment. They want to learn life on life. They want to do all of this, but they don't have anybody who they feel like they can ask. What encouragement do you guys have for them? It is really hard. I would encourage them to persevere in that for sure. Just first and foremost, not give up um, looking for someone, but also I would say don't discredit anyone that's around you. Like we've talked about a lot today, we've learned, we've all learned a lot from one another. A lot of the women who disciple me life on life are my age or younger than me. And where a lot of what discipleship has been in some seasons of my life is discipleship really is me being encouraged by their relationship with the Lord and by what they're hearing from him in the word. And so I'm, I'm not actually sure what the specifics around some of those discouragements would be, whether it's there's not someone present or the women around me are not are not sound. I don't know. I think it depends, but I would say don't discredit who the Lord has brought to you because I mean, I live in a college town. And so when I first moved here, it was easy for me to stick to myself because I'm like, there's not really any older women in Waco, Texas that are willing or making time. And I've learned a lot from, honestly, the girls that have come into my home to learn from me. I learn a lot from them, but I do empathize. It's a really hard thing. It's not easy to find people and it doesn't just like drop in your lap per se. Like you don't Mm -hmm. move to a new city or start going to a new church and then it's like, like, (laughs) like it, that would be really awesome. Wouldn't that be great? It would be. But I mean, for me, I would say that many of the relationships I've had with people who've discipled me came after seasons of pleading and asking God for community and for someone to speak into my life. I actively had to get engaged in a local church or ministry that was in doing kingdom work. And it was in those seasons that if you're getting engaged in your church and you're getting involved and then you like look around and see like who, like it's, those are the people like I think of, I would list on a list of like who's discipled me are those people that like came into that circle and that sphere in an ideal world, you know, it's like this older woman in your community group at church or something. And I mean, and that has happened for me in different seasons of life and it's so sweet, but that's not always like what it's looked like. And if you think of all the people who have discipled each of us, like they all look so different, don't they? They're all so different from each other. At least mine are and different gifts and talents and, and cultures and ages and like, really wide variety. And so I think that thought like Patoya, like you said about just don't discredit people is really potent because you don't always know, like, like God has put people, he's sovereign and puts people in our paths to show us things about himself that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. Absolutely. I feel like a lot of the women that I've learned the most from, not all, but many of them are people that I didn't have a natural affinity for upon our first or second or third meeting. Yeah. I love that you mentioned not to discredit who God's put around you because there are always opportunities to learn. And you guys have done such a great job explaining that today. What would you say to the woman who feels a desire to engage in discipleship, but who doesn't feel equipped to do so? And I'm asking two women who I know yearn for someone to disciple them. What would you say to her? I would say 
remember that God is the one that qualifies you. So just remember your salvation first and, and find joy in life in, in your salvation story and what Christ has done. And you already have so much to share. And so just beginning with where God met you and how he rescued you and saved, saved you, you're qualified. And then I would just say practically, there's really no rule book as you follow after God and you do life with other women, there will, there will be questions that will come up for you and questions that come up for them. I would say, be a, be a student of Jesus and be a student of them. Don't rely on your own knowledge. And all it is, is, is showing the Jesus that you know and encouraging the women that are following you to go back to the Jesus that you know. I think that's important, Patoya. And one of the things you were talking about is like being a learner of like the person that you're discipling. And ultimately, like we're we're all just following Christ. I like hopefully, right? I mean, <laughs> I guess if you're listening to this, you're trying. You have a desire to follow Christ. And so if if we are following after Christ, then we're really just like looking around us and saying, like, hey, let me encourage you to do so as well. A lot of times people discredit themselves because they don't feel like they have the knowledge. Like, it's like, I don't have, I don't know enough. Like I couldn't answer any of their questions or I don't know how to say these things in really beautiful ways. I mean, I feel like I'm really mess up things like pretty much all the time. And I say things like, that eh, wasn't correct. I could be discredited for that. You know, like I could discredit myself and ultimately like, again, we're not leading people to, to us. Like we're leading them to Christ. So if you're like, oh man, I don't, I desire to disciple someone, but I feel like I'm not qualified. It's like, well, Patoya said, like you're qualified because Christ, like you've been saved. Like Christ has done a work in you. That's all that we're here to proclaim. And how can you like invest in someone else's life and like encourage them it, to then go and make disciples themselves, right? Like just this, this idea of like replication and replication and like so Matt Lance, I think you've all heard of him. He's been on the podcast before, I think. And um, one of the things that he quoted to us when we were all in that discipleship program under him was make disciples, not excuses. Mm. And I think we, we have a tendency to just make excuse after excuse. I do. I mean, I don't have time this week. I don't have this or that. Like I, I don't know who or what or what to say, or, or should we be reading a book? Like, and you have all these excuses and ultimately it's just inviting someone into your life and, and talking about who God is and what he's done and t encouraging them to love God with all of who they are. I mean, just ask questions, like literally invite someone into your life and just ask them questions, question asking. And I think we, we've had a whole episode on asking intentional questions, right, Hunter? Mm -hmm. With Lauren Weir. Yeah. And it's like, how do we just invest in someone's life? Like, just get to know them, just get to know them. And like, it'll go from there. So many of the women who've invested in my life literally would just invite me in to whatever crevice of time they had. I mean, 5.30 AM swim. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's um, real. Like making dinner for children's, um, all those things, like inviting you in and trying to just invite, like ask questions and, and get to know you and then ultimately point you to Christ. Well, I really hope that this series is just going to be helpful, kind of like pulling back the veil on what these relationships could look like because 
I'm like going to do this, guys. Like I just got to Hanover, New Hampshire, and I <laughs> am not yet a member of our church because I'm in the process, which takes longer than the amount of time that we've been here. And yet I'm going to be recording conversations with women in my own local church with the hope of getting to kind of, I don't know, maybe take away some of the mystery of it just to show you what it's looking like for me in my own relationships and also to explore answers to the questions and just to talk with people about what discipleship has looked like in their own life. So I've gotten to see both of you guys make disciples in your younger years, which we're not that (laughs) mature, let's be honest. But how has your concept of discipleship and the way that you go about making disciples changed now that you're in your 30s? Like I know we've been walking with Jesus for a couple of decades. How has that changed as you continue to grow in spiritual maturity? I was definitely that person who, when I was a younger believer, I was just I thought I had to know the answers to everything. Uh, I thought I had to yes. know all, every scripture, memorize the entire Bible. <laughs> Not possible. <laughs> I cannot do this. So completely disqualified myself. I really thought I have to know everything before I can disciple anyone. And now this is hilarious because discipleship for me now, um, it's, I have a funny picture in my head because there's a sweet girl that I spend time with often and I invited her to clean the church with me. And she came and she was like, why are you cleaning the church? I was like, well, here's what the church needed, needed this week and it's my turn. And so it really is, I just invite them into my life and they see how I live. And um, she just is so curious about why would I spend a Saturday morning cleaning the church? And why is this a priority for you? And why do you do these things? And um, for her, she's learning about just normal Christian life. It's not always just sitting in a coffee shop informing someone of not things that are head knowledge. It's, it really has become for me this day to day, let me invite you in and, and just show you how, how God has called me to live in the kingdom in the ordinary is what I like to call that. Just how I interact with people and the things that I steward my time with. If that's a way to say that, I don't know. But yeah, that has changed significantly (laughs) because a lot of times I'm a learner with them because Mm -hmm. I don't know the answers to their questions. And so it's just a lot more grace filled, I think. Okay. So how about you, Kimbo? Hunter and I, when we first met, we were both in a program where we were able to, we were making disciples. We both had two groups of girls and we were um, leaders in that together. And so we were doing day-to-day like disciple making. And then when she recently moved last spring from Fort Campbell, um, we'd gotten to live two years um, in the same place. And that's 10 years later from that initial meeting um, where we were doing that program to today where she has three kids and she's living on post and she has a journeyman podcast and all of these things. So I've seen you make disciples into starkly different seasons of life and have seen you Hunter grow so much in who God has called you to be and seeing that play out. Hunter, how would you describe your methodology, if you will, back 10 years ago when we were in that program together? <laughs> You know, I was trying really hard. That's how I would describe it. And a lot of that is, I don't know, I think indicative of my theology at the time. I just was really striving. I wanted to 
do the right thing and I wanted to be obedient to the word of God and I wanted to help young women do the same. But the thing that I really look back on with regret is not acknowledging that the power that we have to be obedient all lies like in the gospel and really embracing our weakness and owning it and knowing that that is like the key to the kingdom of heaven. Like we only enter into the kingdom of heaven by acknowledging our need. I was looking at things very differently. I was not willing to just embrace my need for Jesus in front of these women. I think I felt like I needed to be really strong And so I was trying to make disciples out of my strength instead of Mm. making disciples out of my weakness. And I think I have probably changed more in the last 10 years than either of you (laughs) because (laughs) I look back on that time. And of course I see God's grace all over it. And I think, wow, how kind is he? And this is part of my encouragement. Like he used that. I mean, I still have relationships with a lot of those young women yeah, and they have been gracious to me to forgive me for probably a lot of just hard things that they had to process as a result of learning from me in that season. But the Lord still used it in his kindness, Mm -hmm. even though I was missing Mm -hmm. it completely. I don't know. It's amazing how he does that. And of course we want to be careful, but I am thankful that he uses us in spite of ourselves. Totally truth the reality is we were i mean what 20 early 20s right Mm -hmm. and you look back on that and you think that's crazy town (laughs) like how was we were (laughs) living like sleeping in the same room with with a group of high school graduate girls like and waking up and, and working alongside them all day long and trying to encourage them to to love god in the midst of all of that and I look, I mean, I look back on that and I just think like God used that, you know, he had to, like he was in that and he used that. And I made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. And I think of lots of relationships that I've had that I think, man, I really wish I could have done this different or this different or wow. Like look at how much things have changed in my life or my thinking since then, but God can still use that. And we come with our loaves and fish and have little to offer and God uses that. And so I think it's really cool, Hunter, to see how much you've changed and two, how much I just, I always want to like have the opportunity to tell the audience and the, the people who listen to this podcast that like, the rawness and the the weakness that you come to these conversations with is real. And you are like humble, like, please God, teach me, please God, use me. And that desperation and like, that is greatness in the kingdom, right? Is um, the least of these. And so I think the more that we recognize that, the more like Lord willing, God can use what we do have to offer and he'll make much of himself <laughs> with our little that we have. One of the two things too, Hunter, that I have loved seeing about how you make disciples is how much you invite people in. I don't know anyone else who invites people in as well as you, period, full stop. You <laughs> do that so well. 
it's just like a rawness. It's like, here, come in, like, come into my house, come into my home, come into my life. And even when you were uprooted and living amidst who knows what, um, up in New Hampshire, like lots of snow and things. And um, you were doing that. You were like opening up who you are and people are stepping into your life and who want to know you and care for you. And I just, I love that. And I'm so encouraged by that and really, really challenged by how available you make yourself both to being discipled and to, to people that you are discipling and ultimately like how available you make yourself to your kids and, and to really like stepping into things with them and like loving God and then loving them and encouraging them to love God. And it's, it's just such a blessing to get to watch as well as a challenge. Well, for the record, it definitely feels clunky over here. (laughs) (laughs) And you have had a front row seat to that. So thanks for hanging with me in that. I mean, I would say I'm learning from the best, just getting time with you guys. So thank you so much for just being my friend and for being willing to share life with me. And I pray that other women just see the value in that and that they desire just to ask maybe one question of someone in their proximity uh, that might encourage them to grow in greater depth of relationship. Do you guys have maybe a question that they could ask either a mentor or a friend uh, after having listened to this conversation that they could maybe just use as a tool to catalyze them into a little bit of a deeper relationship? I think one of the questions, like an, if you're, if you're looking for an, just a question to get started in relationship with other people, um, you can always just start by asking them about their story. Like, tell me your story. I'd love to hear like how you've seen God over the course of your life, or I'd love to hear about your family. Um, tell me how you were raised and, and, um, what are your relationships like now? But ultimately, like, just tell me your story. I'd love to get to know you. Um, and what what has brought you to this moment, you know, that we're in today? That is such a good question. I'm definitely going to take that to my next New Hampshire play date. Don't know how it's going to be received here, but I will report back and let you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and truly, Kimberly Patoya, thank you so much for joining me. And Kimbo, I just want to say thank you for just encouraging me specifically. I think that's such a great example of what it looks like just to see the gospel and the work of the gospel in someone's life and to name that and that is such a powerful tool in discipleship i can't wait to talk about more as we continue to flesh out this series on discipleship thanks for joining me this week and every week you guys are the best you guys it feels good to be back thank you so much for the support and the love that you poured out on us during our break As you can hear, we have been working hard to produce new content for you guys, and we are just so excited to finally get to share it with you. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you won't miss next week's episode on how to make disciples with my pastor's wife here in Hanover, New Hampshire, Dory Williman. Hey, if you want to take the conversation that you listened to today and discuss it with a woman in your own local church, we recommend checking out the discussion questions that we post every week in the show notes of each episode. You can find those over at journeywomenpodcast.com. You can also find us over at journeywomenpodcast on socials, where we're going to be rehashing some of the noteworthy quotes and questions that we're pondering after this week's episode. As always, it's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. 
I can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.